welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike, and joining me as always... Hey guys, Brian. And we have a... Uh, uh, it's, it's an interesting episode because we have, uh, I guess, a bit of a fun uh, update or just um, something that we... Like a new project that we're working on, like for the podcast. And But before we get into that... Um, Thanks for listening, everybody. It would be awesome if you could follow us on Twitter at Altours Pod. You can email us with any questions, comments, or concerns at the Amateur Altours Podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, especially after this uh, um, announcement of this new project that we'll be working on. Um, but if you could also leave a rating or review on whatever platform the show you listen to on, that would be much appreciated. But so with the with this episode, it's we're going to call it uh, a setup episode, and what I'm alluding to is this new project that Brian and I will, um, will start soon. Is we're, Brian and I have decided that we want to do a uh, D&D Dungeons & Dragons games, but specifically related to Star Wars, and this this stemmed from an idea like i've been uh, one of my friends they've been they asked if i wanted to play uh, be a character in a family game with them and i thought oh that would be kind of cool like star wars is like is my is my bag i mean i'm more of a sci-fi guy than a fantasy guy and you know i got i really got into the character creation like i, I pretty much created a character that I've been thinking about since high school, like this, this archetype or this character type. And then we, we played only a few sessions. We even gotten super far cause we're still like kind of figuring out the rules and like how we all jive as a group, but dude, it's so much fun. And I figured, you know, why don't I, I, I wanted to do something like that with you, Brian. And I figured, you know, let's do it, you know, and we're, it's going to be a little, I don't want to say unorthodox. It's going to be a little bit different. It's going to be definitely a learning curve of an experience, but yeah, so we're going to be doing a star Wars Dungeons and Dragons, uh, type game. Uh, Brian, what is, I, when I asked you if you wanted to do this, like, what was your like initial thought of this? Uh, I mean, I always wanted to try and get into D and know that's like something that like has been in like my periphery even since like high school, but I had never have ever, uh, played a game whatsoever the only I guess the only experience I have outside of even just like outside of creative writing would be uh just the podcast of uh Adventure Zone in terms of uh I guess like long form storytelling in in the in the medium of D&D and it always sounded really cool and interesting and um I know, I'm sure we'll talk about Adventure Zone like I guess later on but that that was always like a main uh I guess like not influence, but I guess that was my exposure uh, to D and D, and it always sounded really cool and interesting in terms of just like a storytelling perspective and just kind of flexing those creative muscles. And uh, yeah, no, when you said, I was like, it makes sense that like now it, it it's it's good for us to you know when we're not recording for like a movie talking about a movie, it's good that this will just like another way to bring us together, uh, have us you know just be creative and have fun together. And uh, that's why I wanted to do it. And also in, in the in the in the in the realm of Star Wars, I mean, it's always fun going there for you know, digging into that well. Yeah, and you know, the original idea was to have two of our other buddies uh, play along with us, but you know, it just with time constraints of both of our other buddies and all, it's it's hard. It's hard enough getting people to come together and and like talk and meet, let alone like set like at least anywhere from two to four hours aside to play D and D. So schedules weren't really aligning. I mean, we wrote characters for them, so maybe that they can they can come in and for like one off adventures, or you know, they can be a component of the story. But you and I are going to be the main uh, like push and the main like I guess. The, the main authors of the narrative and so or I should say mostly me I'm so author. yeah so we should say um that I'm going to be writing the entirety of the story so how this is a little unorthodox is I, what I assume is that since it's only a two-person game for my research it's, it's called a duet so it's just two people and it can go either way now from the original inception of this was that I was going to dm and I was always, and I was also going to play as a character who interacted with the with the story, and that, and the, from my experience, that seems a little unorthodox because the DM is kind of the omnipresent figure, the narrator of the story. Uh, but 
I wanted to play. I didn't want to rob myself of the experience of actually like uh, partaking in combat and like interacting with characters and things like that. Um, I think that I'm creative enough and objective enough to not let like meta gaming and meta knowledge of, of since I know the entirety of the story and I know like different paths that this can take. I think I can like I can role play as Bjorn, but as I we didn't I'm jumping ahead of myself. Bjorn is the name of my character. I can role play as my character as well as like separate other people in the narrative and not let it, you know, affect the story. But I do think it is also a more naturalistic and organic way for me to infuse hints into the game. Um and I'll get more into that like how it, it, I think it would have made a little bit more sense with you know, at least two other party members, but I think it's still going to work here. Um, but yeah, I, I just, to me, this is another thing of just, you know, flexing more creative muscles and Star Wars has been something that we've always talked about. You know, we've always talked about stories, you know, store stories that we want to see and they may have been written in canon or in like the extended universe and we just don't know about it. Like we're pretty casual Star Wars fans, I would say, but yeah, this is something that, has been a lot of fun. Like I said, science fiction is more my game. Uh, fantasy realms, like I can, I can get into, but this is more of like what I like the whole exploring the cosmos and exploring like space. Like this is something that I want to do. And plus star Wars, the themes and the directions of the stories are more what draw, draw me to them. Like that's why I love the empire strikes back is that like that kind of yin and yang of like the light side, the dark side and like the gray in the middle and just, you know, themes of uh, destiny and themes of uh, like happenstance. Like I really like, that's what draws me to star Wars. And I think those are the stories that I really do enjoy. So I'm, I'm really excited to be starting this journey and it, it's definitely going to be, pretty it's there's going to be a learning curve like D&D has so many different editions and rules and things like that but I want to say right off the bat that we're going to be it's it's going to be more of like a storytelling uh a, a storytelling podcast and a, and a narrative it's not going to be like I'm not going to be like Brian like we got to do an inventory check we're going to do this we're going to do that like we're going to follow the rules you know realistic time frames like we're not going to be doing any of that this is going to be a strictly almost like narrative heavy podcast and I think with you and I we can vibe off each other super well and I think we're going to be able because there's like I, there's only so much that I can control as the DM um or the dungeon master so but I think we can vibe it super well and I've been you know reading a lot consuming a lot and trying to like really get, make sure I get this right but uh, before we get into all that nitty gritty, I want to kind of introduce our characters first. So this is going to be the setup episode of just who our characters are, what you can expect from at least the opening bits of our story. Like, wow, because I'm still writing it. I have like the basic skeleton. I have ideas, just like the main arcs and the adventures. I just had like those are still like going to be always ever evolving and being written as we go along but i, I want to set up our stories uh who are our main heroes uh of or heroes are our main uh characters of the story are so brian i've been talking a lot why don't you go first about introducing your character okay i mean i'll go with i have my like sheet pulled up not no stats or anything just kind of the story outline and i'll just go down my like you know, name, species, class, stuff like that. So, and I name. do want to, and I, well, I do want to say, uh, and I said this to you off air, but just for like on record too, don't give, like, give just enough that people know your character. Cause, because this is the whole, even yeah. if it's just you and me or like two people listening, I still want the narrative to be, you know, surprising or the, I want the realizations of like, whether if it's you, one other person, five people, whoever listens to this, I still want the narrative to flow like a traditional narrative. Like I want the, the twists to be shocking. Yeah. I want, I want the story to progress in a naturalistic way, you know? And I think that's like a fun constraint that we have. Although I know a lot of your character, like there's things that I think we're going to be going along and you say, Hey, how about, how about, what about this? And I'm like, yeah, that's good. We'll work that in there. So just give like basic stuff we yeah. don't want to overload the narrative right now we kind of want to keep it a little bit broad but still like specific to the character so sorry to interrupt no that's okay so his name is uh trintimo orme uh the nickname though was trin t-r-i-n-n -N. 
Uh, his species is a Rodian, so basically he's uh, a Greedo. Uh, he's the same species as Greedo. And uh, his class is a soldier. Now, I now like I said, I'm pretty new to D&D, so I don't necessarily know how, like, obviously that's like a like warrior high combat stats, um, which lead into other... We, we did this a while ago with, you know, the specific stats and charisma or not and whatever. So my class, though, is a soldier. And basically he... Uh, the long, the short end of it is that he's a he's a bounty hunter, an ex bounty hunter, and for I guess for more context, without giving too much, Rodians are essentially the warrior class of like the Star Wars galaxy, and that they're like pretty like ruthless killers, and that's like that's their their culture is very violent, and it it and that's why I kind of chose. I was like, oh, that's like conducive to like being a bounty hunter. Actually, in the like character. Uh, or like species summaries it was uh rodians make the either they become like politicians or, or bounty hunters because their their culture is just inherently violent mainly because that stems from the rodian homeworld i think rota or whatever it's called uh is like a sparsely packed jungle full of dangerous creatures and and like war tribes and stuff like that so i thought it'd be very organic to just have my character be a uh a bounty hunter he got off world and then started, you know, really climbing the ranks and I guess like the underground of, uh, I think I have like Coruscant here um, and a few other, I guess like industrial based planets. And yeah, like Corellia and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And basically without, so he's a, he was, he, he, he's not like as renowned as Django Fett, but like Boba and Django Fett, but he, was definitely he was he's just as deadly if not deadlier and I know that's kind of just like and that could be within you know Trin's own mind that he's deadlier than Django Fett but well Greta or like Rordians are very like hot-headed and they're very like pompous so that I mean it's it makes sense if he thinks he's like oh I'm good as like Boss Nass and like the Fets and all these other things like he's still like is is a killer like he's very efficient and he's really good at it and he's particularly I think uh Rodians are really good at tracking. Um, I, I'm not sure if that's like a stat that like I boosted or was able to boost, but basically he was for the uh, first half of his life, his young, you know, developing life as a child and then like a young adult, he uh, basically just was like a, a bounty hunter. And then he was, he, he grew up in the, um, what's that, what, what's the era before, like before and during the Clone Wars? Like that's when he grew up, like basically started being like really coming to the fore during the clone wars and then basically something happened to him throughout the duration of the, the wars that uh i'm not again to you know maintain the story uh, i won't say what happened or what he did but something very traumatic happened to him he experienced something very traumatic that still haunts him to these days i think that was i think this is now 15 years after i guess you could say just for putting like a flashpoint, I guess it's like 15 years after Anakin becomes Darth Vader. Yeah, it's, and... it's for context, I, I probably should have said it before we got the character, but we'll get into like the story a little bit after the character introductions, but just for like this point of con- or context, it's, um, I think I put the story like, like 15 to like 15 to 20 years after Executive Order 66. So like right after all the Jedi were exterminated. This it's essentially like the beginning. It's like right after a new hope. It's like that in between period okay. of a new hope and empire, which is like that three year gap. Yeah. That's where our story takes place. Yeah. I don't know. Like it's like yeah. BBYX. I don't even know. Like that's the shit. Like, again, we're casual star Wars fans. That's the stuff. I don't know if you're coming to this as like, I want like, really minute detailed star wars fanfic you you might not get that you might get more of like a casual but you might get a really good story i hope but yeah but just for context and people that are like casual fans it's like 15 to 20 years uh after executive order 66 so it's like that it, it's the in-between yeah. of a new hope and empire yeah and and i mean i'm only saying i'm, I'm saying like the that's only for context to where i guess the, it this this traumatic experience really sent Trin into like a deep depression and his fall from grace, he kind of hung up the rifle and just replaced it with drugs and I guess the equivalent of alcohol. I did some research into the drugs of the Star Wars universe and I pretty much just chose he's a, he's a death stick. 
uh, addict. And I think the thing, if I'm, if I read correctly, um, it's like a hallucinogen and it's like a stimulant pretty much. And, and basically what it does is it, 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 it feeds off of like depression and replaces it with euphoria. But at the same time, it's like an empty euphoria kind of feeling, euphoric feeling, because like at the end of the day, your trauma is still there. And also it, I think the interesting thing is that it, I, I think they call it death sticks because it literally like takes years off of your life, kind of like in the princess bride. I think that's like kind of how they, you could like equate it where it's like you do one, you lose, you know, an hour or something. I don't know what it is, but that's even correct. But I'm just going off of that assumption that the more you take less time you have to live. And so, you know, essentially he's just trying to kill himself, but, and that's kind of where he's at. I guess at the time where we uh, find the story, wherever that takes us. Yeah. And would you say Trin, like he's like trying to kill himself, but is he like reckless? Like, is he taking jobs? Like in, not no, in he's hopes not. that he dies, but. No, like, like I kind of envision him like just sitting in the gutters of like, like on the, the underbelly of Coruscant or whatever industrial, you know, planet he found himself on just kind of, he, he doesn't kill. He, Oh, that I guess that goes into the token as well, but well, yeah, and I'll I'll ask you that after we finish these. Yeah, thoughts. so he doesn't. So he's not a bounty hunter. He hasn't been a bounty hunter since that that event because it still haunts him. Obviously, his skills have not diminished at all. One iota. Um. So, but he just doesn't. He just doesn't. He chooses not to use his abilities. And I mean, how he gets money, he just kind of does whatever he can to just like just get scraps. Uh either he begs or he just takes on like little jobs here and there. not even when I say jobs, I don't even mean like criminal stuff. Like I just mean literally just being like a working class stiff, you know, not working class, but just a stiff. Just, yeah. He'll like, he's like, he's a drifter. He's an aimless drifter who has no like ambition or not even ambition. He just has no, he feels like he has no purpose. Yeah. And he definitely just, and you can tell that like that event just still, you know, it still haunts him every, every second he exists. And that's even the drugs can't even help that. Mm -hmm. So, and so that goes in with his token though. I think it's, it's kind of like a self, uh, like, uh, what is it? Flagellation where he, he has, his token is the final like credit of that bounty that he, that he, that job that he was on. And it's still like, he still has it and he still looks at it every day and he still thinks of the things that he's done for that money. Mm -hmm. And so I guess, you know, so he obviously, hopefully we're setting up for a path of growth or not, but we'll see where the story takes us. I mean, he very well might not grow. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's, and that's, and that's, that's fine. Of, that's that's the organic that's, part. Yeah. That's how I'm just trying to approach it where it's like, you know, we're starting the story with, he feels like he's got nothing left to lose. Uh, he doesn't really care anymore. And, we'll see if your story can, you know, either redeem him or whatever. Yeah. And, and so, and then, and I, and I love all of that. The, like, I have to be honest, when you told me yours, like when, when we were writing these back, cause I've, I had this idea back in like June, it is August 23rd. And I mean, just with like work and, and all the Corona and, and COVID stuff and, and all the madness that's going on right now and how we're living in like really like kind of scary times. There's another reason why I wanted to do this is like a distraction and just a break from reality to escape into a literal other world that we created. Um, when you told me your story and you gave and you sent me the backstory to Trin, I immediately vibed super well with it. And when we get into my character, I was like, yes, there's so much potential for like the two of these characters. And this was when our two buddies were still involved in, in like the crafting of the narrative. Uh, Trin was almost immediately the first one that I was like, I can see so much potential between our two characters. So I'm super glad that like the way you wrote it and you left like just enough open-ended that I could, you know, but there's a lot of root, like a, a lot of narrative potential for him. And so with that, we can get into my character. So my character's name is Bjorn Ashmandi. Um, and he is a Keldorian, which for those of you who don't know, like, I'm like, so 
in the movies he like Plo Koon or Plo is that the guy's name I think yeah so he was like he's on the Jedi Council he was a Keldorian he but he was like never like had a speaking role he was very he did in the Clone Wars show well, yeah I was gonna get to that but in the films like he was very underutilized like I actually watched it it was like a compilation of Plo Koon that's his name right Plo Koon yeah I think so um where he is like oh the compilation of him and it's like him in the background not talking and then him getting killed in uh, uh, Executive Order 66. And I was like, oh, that's great. But then, you know, he has such a bigger character in uh, The Clone Wars. Uh, I think he's in Rebels. I haven't seen either of those. Yeah, I, I haven't seen Rebels. Definitely but... Clone Wars. But he also has like such a big influential uh, figure he, he is an influential figure in like the eu and then and potentially in the man in season two of the mandalorian a uh, specific character that he and anakin i think well at least anakin found but i'm pretty sure plo Koon was very instrumental in in this p particular character's uh development shows up so like we'll see how he factors in but for reference like that's what they look like that's what they they have um they they come from uh I think it's Keldor or like Dorian. I think their home planet is like Dorian and their atmosphere is like completely different from the entire galaxy. So when they leave, they can't like process anything. So they have to wear like essentially a gas mask 24 seven. Um, and so they look like really intimidating. It kind of, he almost like the mask almost kind of reminds me something like the star Wars version of scarecrow from like the Nolan films, like Batman. I don't think a bug, honestly. It's like a bug, but it's like, it definitely looks intimidating, which is another reason why I kind of liked the character. Cause he's always wearing a mask. Um, but so uh, Bjorn was born on his planet and a very like key detail that I'll just say in the bat in this is that um, four sensitive Keldorians have silver colored irises and like and so he was like the first one that his like tribe or like his people had seen so they immediately knew like or they thought that oh he's gonna do great things with the force so they sent him off to the jedi temple at like a very young age and he trained there and and i think and since i mentioned earlier where the time frame is i think you're gonna know what's coming next he uh, Bjorn is a survivor of Order 66, specifically at the Coruscant Temple when it was uh, sacked. And he was there at the temple. Uh, he was just about to go on his um, the gathering, which is a ritual that Padawans or younglings, I think it's younglings they do to become Padawans, where essentially they go to like a kyber crystal cave and they construct their own lightsaber through this ritual. And he was just about to go on his, um, he was just about to go on the gathering, his gathering experience with his, like, I guess, like, class of younglings. And he was, like, 13 or so. And so he's a little on the older end. And then the, um, the, uh, the, the, the empire essentially strikes and wipes out his entire kind. So he, he escaped. He kind of, like, you know, he got off the planet and he survived and which, you know, that's all backstory that we'll get into one day, but essentially he was surviving on his own. And through that, he, I'm trying to think of like how, so during this time, during, as he was a teenager, he started not getting visions, but he started not, not, and not even being tempted. He just started experiencing temptations of like the dark side and it's not so much like oh like kill your family do this it was more about like using the force for personal glory as opposed to you know like peace and harmony and like the yin and yang like he wanted to utilize the force as a means for like uh becoming the hero like uh like kind of like thor essentially in um in the mcu like he wanted to use his power not for good but more for like personal benefit and uh and so Bjorn was, you know, he was having issues with, with these thoughts and he, and like, uh, I, I don't like one of his master wasn't like any, anyone like on the council or anything like it wasn't Yoda or anything, but he was, you know, consulting with his, with his mentors, with his, uh, fellow like younglings, classmates, uh, Jedi. And, and they thought that, that the, the gathering was going to be like a very instrumental experience for him 
in meditating and becoming one in tune with the force. But then uh, the issue, or the or not even the issue, like the 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 empire came in and wiped everyone out. So then he had to escape. So ever since then, and specifically how he escaped, he um, he really had to tap into anger and emotion and he just like let loose so that was like his first taste of the dark side and he escaped using a raw naked emotion and so he left he was a scavenger he was a like scavenger essentially he's growing up on his own and he started when he got a little older when he was like 20 like early 20s he became like a bouncer and enforcer because while because while he's not like physically intimidating, like he's not like he's like average height, like six foot, whatever, not like burly brawn, but the mask, he used the mask and fear almost like kind of like Batman, like he used fear and his manipulation of the force unknowingly on everyone else, like he would incite fear and he was like a good enforcer where eventually it brought him into the path of bounty hunting uh, and or more being an assassin, I'd say and where he was given a gun and said go find that person kill them if you have to and through the altercation he killed the person and he had this surge that he hadn't felt since the temple and it was like this sense of control so what i'm trying to get at is like with bjorn is he's a force adept that's his uh, force class or that's his uh class so it's 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 it kind of is like i i imagine him as like kind of a rogue but not a rogue like he can use the force and so he uses the force as more of like a drug habit so he keeps taking more intense um like targets because it's not because he wants to feel the power not because of the you know the uh like the power he feels while doing this it's it's the sense of control that he's 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 an empty vessel like the dark side is a drug filling this vessel for him almost like how trin is using death sticks to fill this void inside him bjorn is using the dark side of the force however he's not a bad guy like he's not doing like he's not the emperor he's not you know darth maul he's not doing it because he likes being evil it's just fill it's just he's he's and he's feeling nothing and this is providing something. It's like very self-destructive behavior. Um, so, uh, the, but you know, he has his his totem or his token, which comes in, which is like his grounding force to the light side. It kind of balances it out, and he becomes like more like a gray Jedi. So his totem is actually his training saber. That since he he actually since he never went on the gathering, he was never able to construct his lightsaber, and. Now a training blade is actually not lethal. It's it's more like a stun baton. It's it's because you have little kids running with, you know, you don't want them to slice each other or hurt themselves. So it's more like a burning blade. However, what Bjorn had done, he realized since he's on his own, he only had a blaster and this lightsaber and he and this training blade. And it's like significantly shorter than an actual blade. So what he did was he was like messing around with his training blade and this how i'm just writing this this means absolutely nothing to me but or like just how i'm trying to write it he essentially flipped the matrix emitter which helps stabilize the blade he flipped it upside down and it turned the blade completely unstable like it it went from like a solid beam to being like kylo ren's like super janky and ex- extremely unstable so that made it more deadly. However, the caveat, and so now I just didn't give Bjorn a like amazing like weapon just right off the bat, is that if he uses it for more than five minutes, it will explode. So, and the reason he knows that that will happen, well, one, the blade get like the, the hilt of the lightsaber gets extremely hot, but let's just say he knows that flipping the matrix emitter will make the blade unstable. Uh, specifically through like interactions of his past. So that's how he was able to figure out how to make his training saber a little bit more um, lethal. However, he's not using it as much because, you know, in this era, Jedi are forbidden, they're hunted. If anyone knows he's a Jedi, bounty hunters will swoop in on him. So he has to be low key. Now that's the totem of just like, it's representing like his, the, um, 
his past, how he's, he's, an un, he's, he's an untrained, unfinished training Jedi. But on the bottom, there's a specific uh, name carved in the bottom, uh, and it's in Keldorian. So only other, uh, like, other species of him or people that can read Kel, or Keldor or Keldorian or Dorian, they, can, they know what it is. I know what it is. You don't know what it is. And I'm going to leave it at that. But let's just say that whatever is inscribed on the bottom of his lightsaber or the training blade is what is is is, is his tether to being good. Um, so that's kind of where Bjorn is uh, at the beginning of our adventure. Okay. Do you have any like? Do you have any? Because que- I had some questions about Trin. Do you have any questions about Bjorn or? Um, I mean, you don't. You don't have to have any questions. I was just curious before we went on. Uh, I don't think I do right now, but I'll definitely have questions as the story goes along. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's fair. So that's our characters. Uh, both lots of lots of like narrative potential. We obviously left lots of the narrative vague, just for whoever's listening. It could be one person, ten people, fifty. Doesn't matter. We want the story to progress like an actual narrative, and not just give everything right off the bat. Because and as much as we want to, like we both really enjoy both of our characters backstories and we put a lot of time and effort into it um but uh i i there's like lots of like similarities you know self-destructive behaviors they both have voids that they're trying to fill um both are like somewhat lacking purpose i mean bjorn is you know assassinating people but it's not like there's no like he's not doing it out of like for some code or some creed he's just doing it for to fill that void we're Trin is, you know, abusing hard drugs. Um, he doesn't have a void to fill. He's just done. Oh, okay. Like, I thought like, he was just, like, empty. Mean, and, and that, and, yeah, no, he's empty, but that doesn't mean he's beyond purpose. Like, he could be given a purpose, but that's just up to the story, which you've been crafting and thinking about intensively. So, that's, yeah. really, that's the thing. I literally have, I don't know, like, how Trin will be at the, like, where he will be at the end of the story. Like, of, the of like, I guess, what is it called? Like, I guess the, the campaign, or is it? Yeah, so we'll get into the campaign now of just, like, what, like, our long narrative. So I'm thinking about calling it, uh, like, the working title is Legacy of the Frontier. Um, what, what, I don't want to get too far into it, but let's just say um, we're going to be not jumping all over the, the galaxy. Like, I don't want to, like, I feel like my issue with a lot of, like, like Rogue One or, like, the newer Star Wars films is that they jump from planet to planet, and you just get lost in the sauce. Like, it, like it, you can jump from exotic planet to exotic planet, but you spend five minutes there, and you don't really feel like you've been there. It just feels really empty. So we're going to be jumping from, like, I'm I'm trying to, like, contain the story to maybe, like, six planets or so maybe like no more than seven and and i want to spend as much time on those planets as possible they're probably going to be more um like the planets that were in films or in like popular media because it just just for referencing and just because i feel like people know them so like you know we're going to be on tatooine we might go to jakku we're definitely going to go to coruscant you know like planets that people are familiar with um and I have like ideas written down where we're going to go. There's a few that I think are new. Like I'm not going to be like, oh, we're going to go to Endor or something or something like that, you know, or like the planet moon of Endor. We're not going to do that. Um, so. Um, well, I guess that I have a question in terms, because I think off air, you were saying like the duet system is like more uh, like conducive to uh, like world building as opposed to combat. Like, yeah, how, how will that work? Is that is that what you're taking into consideration, or? Well, it's it's no, not so much for where we go with the story. I just want essentially like a grand like I, I when we go to a planet, I want it to feel like fresh and new and something like I want you to feel lived in. Um, but what you were mentioning with the duet system, so the duet system, it's obviously two people. I'd say from my research, a typical like more like balance game would be four like four players so like the dm and four heroes because you you want to have at least like a brute a warrior class a healer like a like a diplomat someone who does like specialized in speech and like uh 
like a rogue or someone who is like kind of a jack of all trades where they can just like do things like that. But we're playing with two people. So, and I have ways around that. I mean, I'm thinking about having NPCs that will might cut like companions that might accompany accompany us on specific missions and not others. Um, definitely going to, I mean, there's definitely going to be NPCs that have their own personalities. Um, and I'm actually very excited to, um, to give them life. I'm not going to be the best at voices and maybe I'll try new voices, but um, we'll just have to like, you know, work with it as we go. But uh, so that's like the idea, like, you know, from this story, you can expect, you know, lots of space travel, uh, like downtime on the, on the ships and stuff. Like, you know, we're going to be fleshing out it, it. So it's going to be very narratively driven. Like we mentioned in the beginning, D and D has so many different editions. The editions have different rules and, and they enable specific things and, and make it difficult for others. So um, we're going to be doing a lot of like, um, uh, what's the word? Not, not, not fudging, but like, um, uh, like it, it's going to be more of a narrative centric podcast and a narrative center. Like we're going to be focusing more on the story. So I'm going to try, like, if, if we roll, let's just say like the rolling system, if you just happen to get shitty rolls and you get like a critical miss of one, uh, and it would kill your character, I'm going to be like, maybe roll again. Or like, I'll, I'll like try and do something around that where it's like, well, I don't want to kill your character, but I also don't want that to seem like there's no sense of danger, you know, like your characters aren't invincible, invincible. There's no plot armor around them. You know, like characters will die in this narrative. I have written characters whose sole purpose is to have like, is to add weight. And so like, I don't want this to be like, oh, well, we're like, this is our podcast. This is our story. Like they're invincible. Like, no, they're not invincible. And our characters will get the shit kicked out of them a few times in different encounters. But it's it's gonna be more of like dialogue heavy. It's gonna be more about like quick thinking, uh, roles. Like I want it to be a good balance. It's not gonna be strictly combat. Like I'm not gonna throw ten people at our two guys unless they're ready for it. You know, like I'm I want it to be challenging, but I don't want it to be uh, domineering on us. Right, and like in terms of like speech, like dialogue heavy, is that's like stuff that like we kind of just like ad lib, right? Yep, yep. It's gonna be entirely ad libbed. Um, and again, like, so one of our biggest inspirations for this is the Adventure Zone. So we've mentioned this podcast a few times in this episode. I, I, we may have mentioned it in other episodes. So if, essentially the, the Adventure Zone, which is a podcast I highly recommend to everyone. Brian, you're the one that actually showed me it like a year, like probably a year ago or right around this time. Yeah. So why don't, so you found it. So why don't you talk about the Adventure Zone, at least uh, what the adventure zone is and specifically what the balance arc is their first main long-winded narrative like what is the adventure zone yeah i mean without i mean i i, I won't give any like details away because it is like honestly a very uh provocative and like very uh thinking of other adjectives but it's like a very it's a very inspirational like awesome story it's very profound um and like it's it's basically this podcast that uh these three three brothers and their dad did where uh the one of the brothers is the dm and then like the his two brothers and his father are characters and uh it's it's like a it's like a fantasy realm but it's like a steampunk fantasy like goblins and dragons and stuff like it's i don't necessarily know like the rules of like the world that they set up but like it still makes sense and um basically it's just like the balance arc is their entire campaign and within that campaign there are chapters i want to say there are like 10 or 12 um of like mini campaigns that like develop the story um and at first it starts off it's like and it's like it's very funny because these are very funny guys I and mean, it's all ad-libbed um well we but, should mention that it's um the uh McElroy brothers and father from my brother my brother and me another pretty well-known podcast uh, uh it's uh Travis Griffin Justin and Clint McElroy and and it's and, and and it's great because like adding to what you said like they do like their first so the balance campaign it went from like 2015 to like late late 2017 or so 
and or maybe 2018 even and it lasted like you know three years and the tagline that justin said for the show is uh four nerds who played D so hard they cried and it's it's a beautifully crafted narrative i haven't really listened to their stuff post the balance campaign i'm actually re-listening to the campaign for inspiration about how to do proper like proper setup of this narrative and how to like really try and infuse things like naturally into the narrative but um so i've listened to a few of like the stuff they did post that but i'm just re-listening to it now but they are great improv comedians they are able to balance the humor super well but they also do like the serious moments really well too and they just have a chemistry being family and they very clearly love each other and they know when to push each other's buttons they know when to vibe off each other and they do a really and they all add different components to the narrative so that's like and and griffin himself as the dm had said like i'm more concerned about the story you know the the nitty-gritty details of D D aren't fun to me and it's not fun and he even at one of those chapters he completely rewrote uh he essentially invented of D version to play for a specific chapter and it worked stupendously well what chapter was that uh the stolen century i was gonna say it was probably that yeah yeah, yeah. so but I-, I can't recommend the adventure zone enough especially if like that's if you're more narrative centric you should listen to that and that's like what we're trying to do here um, I, and I know like some people might be listening to this and if you're still listening and you're still and you think oh like D&D isn't my bag don't worry like we're like we're still learning about this this is just something that we want to do and we're gonna like jump head first and if but if you're listening to this and you're expecting we're gonna be following the rules down to the T like there's gonna be a lot of uh, us like kind of going by the seat of our pants and just kind of being like well maybe and like and maybe we'll misunderstand rules but you know that's part of the fun and and Brian you and I like we have good chemistry we know how to vibe off each other we know um we have like i feel like we have a very at least substantial knowledge of how like narratives work so we can vibe off each other and i think it we can have a good fluidity of conversation with the game um but yeah the adventure zone is like a, one of the biggest inspirations for this um and i'm like really and and i don't want it's i don't want to be derivative of the adventure zone but it's a very huge inspiration now as opposed to story the story will not be anything like that as I mean, maybe in the sense that there's some it's it's and it's a very like video gamey trope like oh you have to get this item and you have to get this item you have to get this item and how they're all connected that might be like the biggest um, similarity between the um, the adventure zone and wh- whatever we're going to call this the uh, legacy of the frontier maybe. Um, but that's it, you know, like the twists and turns that they go, like, I'm not going to be inventing new games for this. I'm not going to be doing that. Um, but it's a heavy inspiration and I definitely want to like, thank those guys. I mean, I know they're listening. (laughs) I wish, but, um, like that's a huge inspiration and hopefully like this sales pitch and the fervor that Brian and I are describing this podcast with gives enough people to at least listen to the first episode and give it a shot. Um, but yeah, definitely the adventure zone is like a huge inspiration for this, uh, uh, for this new adventure that we're going to be doing. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, uh, yeah, that's, I don't really have any other comment on that. Yeah. So that's, uh, so the last thing I want to ask you is just like, what do you want to get out of this game, Brian? Like, I, I haven't asked, asked you this question yet, but like, I think it's important. Like what I want from this story is just like a great narrative and it's a fun escape for the two of us to, and we can bond over this. Like, I really do, like, I don't want to play the game so hard that we cry. Like, I don't think that's going to happen, but I want us to like, I, like, I want to be able to like, like, I can't wait. Like, I want to be able, like, my goal is to craft a story and do it so well that when we get to those twists that you sit there and you smile and you're like, holy shit, that was good. Like, that is what I want from this. And I hope, like, listeners are like, wow, that was also really good. Like, that's my goal. Like, I just want to tell a good story, and I want to have fun with my brother doing it. So, like, what what do you want from this Star Wars game, Brian? Well, no, I yeah, definitely those similar sentiments. But I think above all else, yeah, just definitely tell – I want uh, to tell – I want you to tell a good story, but I also want to, like, 
make the story within the, the realm of like your foundation. I want to, you know, uh, maximize how awesome the story is. And I know like, and, and the, I think the thing that I'm really excited about is that it's like, I don't know what will happen in the fact that it's just like, like I, like I said several times, like with trend, like, uh, bless you. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically I, I want it to be uh, it, like just unknown. Like I know my motivations, like the character's motivations. I, I'll try like my hardest to like stay within the bounds of like that role play. But uh, I think that's just like what I want is just to like have have it just be a compelling story within the rules without breaking it too much. And uh, yeah, like looking forward to it. And that's something that uh, I was. I, I... I was I was actually running like the story ideas that I've had by our good buddy Andrew. Um, listeners out there, we got to get him on the show. Like he would yeah. love doing this. Um, Andrew is one of our friends that is like just as big a nerd as us. Um, he's like a good balance between me and Brian. Um, and I and he's like the one person I like outside of Brian trust the most out of like any story, anything I make, any, like any short films that I've made, I always run by him because I know he's going to give me a very brutally honest critique of it, but not make it like personal. Like he wants me to be a better, like a uh, create, like creator and a maker. Yeah. So I ran a lot of the story elements by Andrew and he was like, damn dude, like this sounds like it's going to be fun. And I was like, hell yeah. And, and he had some really good ideas, like, um, like the, tw- like tweaks, he didn't change anything, but he had like really great ideas for tweaking it and i am like but they were all just from like the ideas that i had and that's like very like that's like that's like one of the huge like the biggest compliments from andrew so uh and that means a lot to me so i'm like super excited to get this game going um i can't i don't want to say like i don't want to promise a schedule or anything so uh i'm not (laughs) um but uh, let's just say like this is something that is on the forefront i just want to keep making it better so that's like our project uh brian do you have any like closing thoughts about you know the project and you know potentially as of right now the working title is legacy uh, legacy of the frontier no i mean i'm just excited i'm excited to get going on it and uh just you know buck, i'm gonna just buckle in and see what we can do i know like you're you're doing all the legwork but hopefully i can deliver as well I think, I think you will. And, and honestly, like when you enjoy it like this, it's not like work. Like it's like a lot, like, yeah, a lot of work is being put into it, but it's all so much fun. Like I love just sitting there and like making this web of just like, okay, well, like who's this character, how they interacted, like, oh, who are these characters and like, where are we going to go? And like, oh, what is it? It's like, you're literally creating a world and, yeah. and you're giving it life, which I think is just like why D and D is so unique because it's a shared, it's a shared universe, but it's in our imaginations. And I think that is like, that's like one of the best ways to flex your creative muscles. And I hope like the listeners, like anyone listening to this, when we get to the game, if, if anything, you see it as a form of flexing your creative, your creative muscles, because you also have to imagine, it's going to be a lot of work on me and a lot of pressure on me to make sure that I'm being descriptive enough and that I'm being clear enough to paint the picture for you. Sounds like the editing is going to be a little, like a lot. Eh. You said you want to do like music and like, uh, like sound effects and stuff. Uh, we'll see at least music. Uh, I, I, I'm thinking I want to make it kind of like a radio program, but yeah. we'll see. Like I say that now, but like, we'll see how the editing goes. Um, and how I gotta make, I gotta make it organic. Um, so uh, I'm yeah no I have a lot of ideas for it and it just seems exciting but I just want like if, if a listener if anything use this as a form of just like flexing your creative muscle like just listening to the words and painting a picture in your head um, yeah and and again we're gonna wrap up here but if if anyone has any ideas or they they like the show they have critiques of what we're doing when it actually starts or if, or if you just you know like the idea like please let us know you can like again i'll plug it again we can follow us on twitter at altors pod you can email us at the amateur altors podcast at gmail.com um we'll work on getting more social media but you know it's just a lot it's just busy right now but yeah like we we this is something that i feel like a lot of people can have like an opinion on and it's, it's, I feel like it's universal. If you like Star Wars, like we're just casual. Like I'm not going to go into the nitty gritty of like 
shit that I don't even know about. I can't even like think of examples because I don't know what you don't know. So it's I'm going to try and keep it as layman as possible, but also like for the fans of Star Wars. But yeah, that's that's the project, Brian. Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun, I think. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, with that, guys, I mean, that concludes the setup episode for uh, what we're calling, I guess, Legacy of the Frontier, a Star Wars adventure. Um, yeah, it, thanks for listening, guys. Again, I already plugged the show, but you, know, you can follow us on Twitter, email us, whatever. Um, yeah, and if you've any recommend, if, if anyone has any recommendations of where I could find like any resources, like Reddit threads, things like that, like I'm already doing the research, but you know, any little bit can help. Any videos, any words of advice, words of encouragement would be much appreciated. But with that, uh, stay tuned, guys. Um, I'm not. I'm hoping to re- we're going to record the first episode of the Star Wars story, uh, maybe within the next week or so. Uh, Jake and I are actually getting back on the bandwagon of Marvel. Um, I'm actually sitting on an episode we did, The Incredible Hulk, and I'm just sitting on it, and uh, I just have to get it out there. We, it's, I've actually had it for quite a little while now. I've just been kind of lazy, but we're getting back on the bandwagon. Brian and I want to start recording more uh, movie-centric uh, episodes again. And even just like conversations and uh, yeah, even, you know, starting to collab with uh, the other podcasters again, too. So it's, you know, it's looking, looking fun. So with that, guys, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.